Hey, welcome back to the Bethany All Access Podcast. Hey, today I'm excited because we have Jared Stockstill, who's the Chief Financial Officer here at Bethany and Administrator. And we're going to be talking about church finances and really look under the hood of what we do here at Bethany. And so if you are a senior pastor or administrator or a finance manager, I think this is the podcast for you. So let's go. I'm excited today because we have with us Jared Stockstill. Jared is the administrator here at Bethany Church. He also is a CFO and a a certified public accountant. Come on, uh, Wayne. Yeah, that's right. Come on, I'm I CPA. Like and um, man, I'm excited to have him. Uh, he's not only a finance guy, but he loves to fish and uh, outdoorsman. Tell Uh-oh. us a little bit about it, Jerry. Uh oh, don't get us off on that. <laughs> they said it was only a 30 minute podcast, so <laughs> we better right. not get. No, I've, that's awesome that you know what CPA stands for. Most hey, people, everybody knows CPA. Nobody's asking what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And then they, well, you know, something something to do with accounting. But <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, I do. I love to fish. And uh, so uh, we, we can do a separate podcast one yes. time and talk about fishing. I could do that all day. Yeah, big turkey hunter <laughs> as well, right? Uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah. Well, turkey season's coming up in the oh, spring, yeah. so it's a good thing we're doing this podcast That's right. right now. It'll be hard to find you after uh-huh, that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, very cool, man. Well, listen, I'm excited because I think there's going to be so much to talk about. I think if you're a senior pastor, if you're an administrator, executive pastor, or someone who just does the finances at your church, I think you're going to be really uh, impacted by this because um, you're just going to kind of hear and get a backdoor to what we do here at Bethany. And uh, I'm excited that Jared's going to be here to share a lot of things that we do. So, man, let's just dive right in. First of all, I think it's important to find out how does the business side of church really impact the spiritual side of church? Mm. Well, you know, this is a... It's a, a pretty big question. I, I I think about you know money and church uh, stuff. A lot of people think about all the negative sides and and how it's almost kind of a necessary evil and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, really, there's a lot of positive things to focus on when it comes to money. Mm. And of course, you and I know this is a natural conversation for you and I to have. We've been in these executive meetings and going through our budget process here at the church. At year end, we start doing our budget process in October, and it takes until really till the new year starts before we finalize that stuff. And we have spent hours and hours going through all the different topics. But you know what's crazy to me is to see how that process it has shaped vision because throughout our conversations about budgets and where we're going to spend the money. It's been cool to see how that's forced us to think through the vision items that we have for the year, and it kind of starts that conversation going about vision and the thing and the dreams and and the things that God's put on the heart of the pastors here to do to accomplish throughout the year. Because without without the money, the we know that a lot of the vision items wouldn't happen. And then without the vision, there's no need for any money. You know, we're not here just for just to keep stuff going. There's got to be some vision items. So those two talks go hand in hand. You know, you can't you can't have a vision meeting completely separate without thinking about your resources. And then you really there's no point in having a, a re, there's nothing to meet about mm-hmm. if you don't have any vision items. So 
the the coming together of those two things in those discussions has been uh, a really cool thing uh, to see. And because you know, everybody everybody had most people are going to have more vision than they have resources, right? Right. right. <clears throat> you know, if I said, "Hey, you've got unlimited money. What do you want to do?" Well, you know, that, that list could be a mile long. So once we start adding a number, once we start putting a limit and putting a number, now we have to start to kind of prioritize. And I, and I thought about that, you know, when we have limited resources, it's like we're forced to think about priorities. You know, with unlimited resources, nothing has to be a priority. Everything right. can be done. Right. But with limited resources, which we all have, there's there's got to be this this prioritization of of vision items and i think you know that that's got to be a healthy thing at some point because you know i think god has priorities and it forces us to say you know are we matching our dollars let's think of dollars and as a like kind of a measurement standard not good or bad just neutral Mm -hmm. you know money's not evil whatever it's just a neutral measuring standard let's think about it like that and think about how we're going to – how we measure up against what God's values are and what his priorities are. So we, we you know, we go through the budget process, and, and it, it just kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that vision discussion. Makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah. You know, I think that um, obviously the vision has to coexist with the budget, right? And yes. um, you have to try to figure out how to make that happen. That's a lot of what you were just talking about. How do those two – work together because like you said oftentimes there's a lot of vision maybe not as much resources and we have to figure out how those two coexist together let me ask this question man how when do you see it where they kind of oppose each other yeah so they can oppose each other in a sense that uh, you know it comes down to priorities is like I was talking about earlier and so when you have conflicting priorities where we say where we're forced to choose and that's that's you know so i think that that sometimes there there has to be this kind of a dichotomy that happens with money where it's we want to do everything but we're forced to choose one or the other and that can be so painful You, you know you think about some of the programs and and some of the the different functions that the church does somebody spent a lot of time and effort uh, to, to create those programs or to, you know, further those things. And so for, to shut something down or to say no to something that's currently going on, you know, it, to be able to create resources for something that we think may be a higher priority or something that, that the Lord is leading the pastor to, to move the church in, that can be a painful thing. And so to me, that's kind of where we see that rub is that, something's got to give here you know nobody wants to shut anything down it's very tough and that's we face that all the time it's the the good things that we're doing that they that have some value that that may not be as much value creation as something else and to have to see that part that vision die so new vision can come to pass is is a tough thing yeah it is tough it's very tough nobody wants to do that you're right um that's very difficult but you have to be able to do it and have to um be able to have vision enough to know like you said what's important now what can we do later all those type of things yeah you know another thing i'll just tell y'all a challenge that that i have when i think about money 
in in terms of church finances, and it's it challenges faith. There's a faith component that goes with this too, because you know we operate in this natural realm, which money's a part of. We use money in every, everyday life, and we're forced to we're forced to to cope with that reality. Well, you can't just you can't just take those same exact principles and apply them to the church or the kingdom of God. I mean, we saw Jesus, he sent Peter down to pull a coin out of a fish. So that's not really based in reality for what we can do. So obviously God has ways of providing and creating resources out of thin air. So there's that as well. You know, how hey, we're, we have this finite number of dollars, but how? what about believing God for stuff? And so I think that that has you have to leave room for that and we do you know we have where where there's a uh, an attitude of trusting the lord to see him provide for something and if he's given the leadership of the church some vision for something he must intend to provide resources mm-hmm. and uh so are we going to trust him for that and we've seen that, you know, you and I have seen that miraculous provision here at Bethany throughout the years for different things where in the natural we're looking at a number and a spreadsheet, you know, and and that's good to have. You got to have that to have good management. But at the end of the day, you know, God can send whatever resources he wants to send. And we've seen that over the years. We've seen miraculous. I've, I've had to step back and go, man, I never thought that would happen. But here we are. God must have been in that. He sent this supernatural provision. And so I think it's important for us to always leave room for that in yes. our budget process. Man, I think what you're saying is so good, man, because like you said, for an accountant, for somebody that's watching, that's listening to this, um, they can be very. They can see things in the natural very easily. That's and, right. And um, and I love what you're saying about you're gonna have to make a little bit of room for faith. That's that's correct. That, that's so good, man. So let's go back to um, to budgets because you do have to have a budget when you comes to to church and and how things are run. And in your experience, what are the key reasons um, why a church should have a budget? Well, some some very important reasons are is that, you know, you think about, like you mentioned, I like to go fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, not long ago I went fishing and I was out in a boat by myself and it was foggy. And if, I mean, you couldn't see 10, 15 yards in front of the boat. And so I was able to get over, I was in this channel running running through the, the marsh down here and I, as I got out in the middle of this channel, if you're out in the middle, you didn't know which direction you were going. So I ended up hugging over next to the bank, and I rode close to the bank because I knew if I can see the bank over there, if I can see the shoreline, I know which direction I'm headed. And a budget can be like that. You know, it's, it's something, it's a reference point. It gives you that point of reference where, you know, no budget is perfect, and you're never going to be 100% accurate. But, uh, you know, an imperfect plan is often better more times than not than no plan. So we make these budgets, and a budget's just a plan. It's just saying, hey, this is what we plan to happen. And we all know things are going to happen the way they're going to happen, regardless of what you plan. But the plan gives you this frame of reference, and it, it also helps you to know when things are going right and when they're going wrong. So that's why I think it's very important for a church to have a budget, just to have a plan, have some plan 
And then when God steps in and, and adds resources and stuff, that's all great. But you have a plan and you know where you are. So it's just that safety mechanism. And, uh, and, and also it goes to stewardship. That's another big one. Yeah. You know, we, we stewardship is something that people talk about a lot, and yeah. that involves managing the resources that God's entrusted to That's you. Right. You know, but we, we were saying earlier that God can send supernatural provision, but I think he wants us to manage what he's already sent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, we're believing God for something, for a vision item, and he, I, I wonder if he would say, you know, well, hey, I've already sent the money. Yes. You know, hey, we're believing God to send this money for this program that we'd like to start here. And God's saying, well, yeah, I, I already sent that money. Yeah, it's y'all, already there. Yeah, you already sent it. Y'all right. can quit believing for it because I've already sent it. Y'all are wasting it on something else or, or y'all are not paying attention to, to where the money's going. So I think it just demonstrates to, to the Lord and to others that, hey, we're, we're watching the money. We're, we're paying attention to the money that we do have and that we are spending, we're, we're watching where those dollars are going. That way we can be sure that we're not in that position where God's saying, hey, I already sent the money. Y'all are wasting it on something else. God blesses those who are good stewards over things. Anytime somebody is a good steward, God is going to bless it because he honors stewardship. And we've seen that. And, man, I, I'm going to go off script for a second because when you're talking about stewardship, you know, one of the things that I've, I really do enjoy about you is that, when it comes to stewardship, man, you, you're, it's important to you to cut off waste. You know, things that we, we could be wasteful in, uh, whether it's electricity and spending too much money on those type of things. Man, why is that such a value to you? I know it's a part of stewardship, but, you know, I've noticed that that's something that's important to you as well. Yeah, well, you know, numbers can get away from you real quick. And uh, you know how you know how we think about time. Sometimes somebody will say, "Man, has it really been ten years already?" You know, we talk about stuff. You hear people. The older we get, we're showing our age. Here, right. <laughs> but the older we get, you know, like you have kids. And I look up. I've got a son, seven years old. And I'm like, man, how did he get seven already? He's he was just born the other day. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and money can kind of be like that too. You can lose track. And you, you think in your mind, like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm paying attention to that. I'm paying attention. Or, or that's not really that much money. We're wasting money on these little things. That's not really that big of a deal. And you ignore it, right? Well, then you look up one day and you start, I've done it. I've looked, I've started adding numbers up sometimes, you know, going, hey, I wonder how much money we've spent on, you know, fill in the blank, X, Y, Z. Subscriptions, over, anything. <laughs> subscriptions yeah. or just yeah. something silly. Yeah. And you go back, you start stretching that timeline out and go back 10 years and then you say, oh, my gosh, you know, look, how, if you add all that up, look how much money we either saved on something or we wasted. And it's painful, man. You look back and you go, oh, my goodness. Can you believe we spent, you know, $87,000 on, on, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you just cannot believe it. And that's just it just adds up over time. So, the you know, if you keep track of those small things, a lot of times they'll turn into big things. That's great, man. That's great. I don't know who that's for, but for somebody, you're asking God for more money and somebody who's listening to this or watching this, uh, maybe it's looking for the waste, that's, that's the leakage, the oil that's that's going away. And if you can cut some of that off, maybe you'll be able to find some of the things and be able to do some of the things that you want to do. So I think that's really great, man. What are some important things, uh, back to the budget, what are some important things that we should budget for? I think capital upgrades is a big one. Mm-hmm. Capital upgrades. You know, churches nowadays, we have 
uh, a lot of a lot of money in facilities and technical gear, you know, and and we're trying to reach the world through different avenues now. And we use TV cameras, we use all that type of stuff. And uh, I, here here lately, we've been we've been paying a lot of attention to rental cost and owning things. And we find ourselves sometimes in a position where we don't have the money to buy a certain piece of, of gear. So we go out and we rent it, you know, because you don't quite have the lump sum uh, on hand to go out and buy that gear. Or, or, or let's talk about facilities. You got to rent this place because you don't have the money to buy it. So capital upgrades, you know, equipment, budgeting, things like that kind of help you to plan for that ahead of time. And, and we're learning that lesson right now. Hey, let's, let's plan ahead. Let's, let's, let's save some money. Let's make some plans to purchase some equipment and avoid a bunch of rental costs. That, that's, a, that's a big thing. That's just a hot, hot tip for everybody. You know, that's something I'm, I'm thinking a lot about now is these facilities, especially as you start expanding campuses and things, and you're going to need more gear uh, for all those different campuses. So it's becoming a bigger, a bigger thing. That's an important thing. And then contingencies, you know, think about what, you know, what could happen and, and, um, and having plans in place, having some reserves set aside for different things or vision items, you know, setting aside, not necessarily thinking about a catastrophe that could come that, that may happen, but for vision items, let's say there's a vision item. You start to set aside money for that stuff because the money's going to go somewhere. If you don't set money aside for vision item, we've seen that it's going to end up getting spent somewhere else. And so I think those, those types of things are very important to, to budget for. Very cool. So how does Bethany prepare its budget? Maybe just give us a little insight, uh, uh, you know, look underneath the hood and tell us how does Bethany prepare our budget? Yeah. You know, it's such a, such a strange thing to me in the, in the, you know, in the business world, in the secular world, there's a, you know, everybody's in competition with each other and everything. So nobody wants to share secrets, you know, trade secrets, you know, but I've been, I've been amazed I've been working in church administration for uh, 13, almost 13 years, 12 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the same mentality a lot of times. And I always wondered, like, well, why, didn't, why don't churches share more information? And there's a lot of great churches that share a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this issue about budgeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, or, or, or finances, it's, it's amazing to me that there's not more guidance out there or more uh, – help for people to, you know, I, it seems like we're, everybody has to invent their own wheel. And so we've done the, kind of the same thing. And so we have a process that we use, and I was talking to somebody about it recently, uh, you know, how I'm surprised that more churches, their budget process, is it known? You know, because we'll have conferences and we share how we're doing this, that, and the other with leaders and stuff like that. But, but nobody ever says, you know, that we'll talk about how important a budget is. Right. And we all need to do it. And then yep. it's a, but, but, yeah, but how do you actually make the budget? Right. <laughs> right. Y'all, what Practical are y'all steps. actually doing right. for this budget? So when, uh, you know, a number of years back, we started create. It used to be real centrally developed, you know, and so the administration – and, and leadership would, would make a plan, and that would just be what it is. And, and nobody really even saw that budget. That's, that was really just for, you know, for leadership mm-hmm. to be looking at. And then it's been a number of years now, but we started using, you know, 
Google Sheets has got different spreadsheets that you can share. There's all kind of different apps that you can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can collaborate. So you can share and these documents are updated in real time. So we use the Google Sheets. So we created this Google Sheet and it's got tabs, you know, different tabs along the bottom for all the different departments. And so we share that sheet across the whole staff for everybody that's involved in any way with a budget process, whether you're, you know, uh, uh, housekeeping managers all the way through creative, everybody uses this same sheet and it's going to summary total to the uh, summary tab and all that stuff. And so we have this large Google sheet and we just, we share it to the whole staff. It's set up on a grid with our campuses. You know, we have multi, multi-site and we track information based across campuses. So we have our columns are set up for the different campuses and then we have our expense items along the, along the rows. So each department is placing their expense items that they're going to spend for that year in the correct column based on which campus it's for, et cetera. And to give to give all of our managers the information they need, you think, well, man, it's overwhelming. How is somebody going to make a budget, you know, when they've got $800,000 going to, or something like that, some crazy big number? Well, it's, we use accounting data. So our, our budget process is a coupling of, of our accounting data, which is boring. Nobody wants to talk about accounting data. But you got to have some accounting data. And then this kind of real-time budget spreadsheet so we're sending everybody this accounting information that's relative to their area because it helps remind them what all they're spending money on. It's, it's hilarious. If you read an accounting ledger, mm-hmm. it, it, all, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, you, you start reading through there and you can't believe all the things that you spend money on. You go, man, I didn't know we were spending money on that. I mean, every time you pick one of those Absolutely. sheets up, there's going to be something in there. You're going to say, I didn't, I forgot we were doing that or I didn't know we were doing that. Right. So this is, this is getting everybody up to speed. You know, you're asking people to make a budget. Well, they need to know what we've been spending money on over the last 12 months. So we send them every accounting transaction they've had over the past 12 months in their area, and that helps them develop the budget for the next year. And so everybody enters their information into this spreadsheet, and it helps us develop that budget for the year. Very cool. Very, very cool. Man, this is why I love all access because what we're giving you are, is all access to what we're yeah. doing um, and gives you an opportunity. And of course, you know, if you want more information about this, please, you feel feel welcome to call the offices and we can talk you through this a little bit more. Um, man, what is the specific budget software that we use? I know somebody's probably wondering about that. Well, we have, you know, we have our accounting software, Sage. We use Sage. And then for budget, we, it's Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. You know, we are able to share that sheet across our whole department, uh, our whole uh, church organization wide. Mm-hmm. And so every department has that access to that sheet. So that's our main budget process is wow. through Google Sheets. Wow. You know, just, just cool. a spreadsheet that's able to be shared. Yeah, no, that's very cool. That's awesome. Man, let's shift a little bit of gears to um, – Cash reserves and having some margin built in a little uh-oh, bit. Uh-oh, <laughs> Because, you know, a lot of churches, man, they're spending all the way, everything that they have, man, from offering to offering, just trying to get through. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment to that. But um, how important it is to have a little bit of cash reserve, especially when certain things come up, man. You end up, um, re- we live in South Louisiana, of course, and, Man, there's hurricanes and all kinds of things that go on around here. And so, you know, there's times where we may not have church. Of course, um, 
COVID. COVID. Of, COVID was right. a huge deal, man. We were all closed for three months and uh, a, a longer sum. Um, how important is it to have cash reserves? Mm, well, this this question steps on my toes every, <laughs> you know, every time we talk about it. Cause, yeah. You know, it's easy to preach about these cash reserves. It's another thing to have them. So, you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, we, we would say in your household, you know, you want to have three to six months of of salary, of, of your monthly household expenses and in, in savings. And Dave Ramsey teaches that, and everybody's familiar with that. And it, sh it shouldn't be very much different probably for the church. You know, and I, I made – I make some notes about that because when you think about three to you say, well, three to six months of operating, you know, expenses, that's that's almost seems insurmountable. It's it's it can be a huge dollar number relative to your budget. Three to six months, that's half your year's income if we're talking about six six months. So so what we can do with that is we can think about it if if we were actually to have some type of event where we were gonna need that reserve like COVID or something like that. Well, in that situation, it's not business as usual, typically, right? So like when COVID happened, most of, you know, that whole, when we were first in it, many people weren't working. Our facilities were shut down. So air conditions weren't running. There's a lot of things. So you're thinking about when you say three months, it not, it's not going to be three months of your typical operating cost that'd be great if you could have that but i'm trying to i'm trying to lower the bar a little bit for people so they can step into this so you're thinking about if we were in a situation where we're going to need to tap these contingency funds or these reserve funds we're probably going to take some other steps as well and reduce spending we're not going to be out spending money on on the potluck dinner you know that that sunday night because we, we you know we're having trouble making a bank loan note or something like right. that so we're going to think about three to six months of core payroll, you know, the, the, the payroll that it's going to take to keep the, the church even moving, the, the core staff. Not that everybody's not important, but you're talk, we're talking about in stringent times, right, you know, in, in a time of emergency. Core payroll plus utilities. Got to have utilities. If you can't have – if you don't have the lights on, you can't have church. So, so you're thinking about utilities, and then you're thinking about your contractual payment obligations. So this is, this is a bank loan. This is a, a lease that you're in. You've signed a long-term lease. There's no forgiveness on that. They, those people expect their money. So you've got that. So those three things, core payroll, utilities, contractual payments, you, you want to take a look at that and say, hey, what would it take us to just keep the doors open and keep and, and, and keep the bank from foreclosing on the building, et cetera? And that, you need three to six months of that. And I think that would be a good target. That's our goal here. And uh, so I just think it's something to strive for. Love that, man. Love that. I think that's going to help. Um, like you said, it's going to give people an opportunity to say, hey, I can't do everything, but at least we can do these things here. That's right. I think that's awesome. Um, what are some accountability procedures that uh, we put in place just to make sure that the finances are managed pr properly? Um, I love the fact that there is a lot of integrity that goes into our finances. And so what are some of the accountability things that we do in order to make sure that's there? Yeah, I, I know that anybody that has a bank loan of a certain size, their, pro their bank's probably requiring them to have an audit done. That's a great 
a great thing. You know, auditors are going to come in and they're going to see they're they're trained to sniff out funny business yeah. in the accounting or uh, in the cash ha- handling of cash and all that kind of stuff. So the, obviously, audit is a great thing to have. Not everybody's going to have an audit, you know. But so that's one step. I wouldn't say that a small church that that does not have a bank loan needs to go out and pay twenty thousand dollars to have a CPA firm come in and do an audit. Right you know, that type of a thing. But there are some things that we can do. And and one of them is to have a board of directors that is, you know, is approving transactions over a certain amount. And we have that here at the church, you know, you know, I'm the CFO, I guess you could say, but I can't just go out and, and obligate the church to a you know, a multi-million dollar bank loan or something crazy like that. I'm under the supervision of our board of directors. And when we hit a certain threshold, I have to go to our board and ask them for authorization to to make that transaction. And I think that that should apply across the board with all churches. You know, the senior pastors or the administrators, whoever they are, they need to have that that board of directors in place where there's more than one person that's involved in that transaction. Another thing is having multiple individuals that are in the know about the finances. You know, you don't want the only person that knows anything about the money to either be just the money guy or just the senior pastor or something like that. You want to protect those individuals and have somebody else who's in the know. And we have that here. You know, we, our accounting manager, she knows all the same numbers that I know. She has access to see the same numbers. If I, if I was, if somebody was going to try to drain a bank account, that would be noticed by somebody other than just the main person. So I think those are some good accountability things, just to have multiple people in the know. And I, I'm not talking about family members. I'm talking about other people. You yes. know, even if you're a small church and you can't afford to have full-time staff, have somebody in the church that's involved and get them involved in the finances and make them privy to the information just for accountability. So I think those are the main things, just having the, having some type of structure where there's multiple individuals involved. That's know? great. And that's always good, man, because obviously – you know, one of the things that people always are trying to put on churches is that they're handling the, the money differently. Yeah. And there's funny business That's going right. on. And when you can have those things in place to be able to show that um, there is integrity within the finances, that's just always helpful for for the church and for the pastor and, and uh, everybody involved. So that's really great. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, th- here's a good way to think about it. How would you explain it? If, it, if there was a newspaper article about your church or your, where you go, what would be your explanation? And are you proud of that explanation, or would you be ashamed of what explanation you would have to make on how you keep finances accountable? Just That's a good thought exercise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Very cool. Well, man, look, as we wrap up, um, man, is there any practical advice that you would um, – give those who are managing the church's budget for an administrator or a a finance manager that's listening right now, even a senior pastor, man, is there any practical advice you would give? Yeah, I think, you know, go, it goes back to the, the first point we were talking about, which is, you know, our is vision and budgets, are they opposed? And we started talking about the positive things. And I think that focusing on those things and seeing the budget process as a chance to, 
to dream new vision, to see new, uh, and to talk about vision, to start thinking about your budget process in that way and not, not, oh God, here we go. We got to do budgets again. And it's easy to fall into that, but just to start thinking about it, like, Hey, this is an opportunity for us to seek the Lord and find out what he wants us to do with these resources that he's entrusted with us and to, to build your faith, to see more resources come in. And I think that's, that's, you know, if we start seeing the budget process like that, it becomes a positive. It becomes uh, a thing where we see uh, the administrators and the visionaries come together yes. and work hand in hand to see the kingdom expanded. Absolutely. And that's the goal of it, the whole, the whole goal of all of it is to mm -hmm. see the kingdom of God expanded. And, and that's exciting, man. Well, Jared, thank you so much, man. This has been really good. And I, and I hope anybody who's been listening and watching, you've been really gleaning from some of the things that's been said. And I they'll, believe they'll have to tune in next time for the fishing stuff. No, for the fishing stuff. That's right. I think this is going to be good, man. And, you know, I heard somebody say there are a lot of people who know how to have church. Mm -hmm. And I know there's people who know how to run church. Uh, but you got to do it. You got to be able to do both, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be able to do it right on both ends and have a good balance. And I think this is being able to teach people how to to be uh, efficient in their finances and do the thing the right way. So, Jared, thank you again, man. Do you mind real quickly just praying for pastors sure. and uh, administrators and those who are handling this, and hopefully um, they can really grab some vision from this? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you that you are the one that has given the church the resources. These are all your resources, and you've entrusted them to us, and we, we ask you to help us to see that on a daily basis and to be open to what you want to do and who you want to reach with these resources. And, and don't let us get caught up in the in the day-to-day -day business side of it, but to start seeing it more as an opportunity to, to minister to people with these resources and to trust you for these things to happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you for tuning in. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Continue to be a part of All Access, and we'll see you next time.